We are joined now on the Harbor One Hotline, as we are each and every Thursday, hang out on the phones, by Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Uh, you heard him yesterday, peppering Gerard Mayo and Robert Kraft with questions at the introductory press conference. He is brought to you by Wise Snacks. No one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks. Tommy Curran, how are we doing? It's been a busy week plus for you. Very busy week, very busy month, a lot going on. So you have reported that, and I, I am nervous that Jonathan Kraft... Robin Glazer, uh, the front office, or uh, excuse me, beyond the front office, ownership wants to fill the power void uh, where Bill Belichick no longer exists. Uh, you've reported the opposite. Why Why do you feel that way? Why? What are you hearing on Jonathan Kraft and his role in football ops? And why the dragging their feet with hiring a GM if they're not going to fill that void? Well, I think they have to start with the, the latter part first. They have to <clears throat> engage a search. And interview people so you can't really hire until you've kicked the tires on the people that you want to bring in or stand pat with what you have they just don't have any desire to be the ones on who the burden of trying to scout select direct the football operations should fall nor do they want it to fall there so i think their role you know when gerard alluded to this on Wednesday, they will have a role, it seems, in helping him get candidates to interview. So that's a role, certainly. You can't say that they're completely hands-off if that's the case. So there would be a role for them in that. But, you know, I guess, what's the extent of it? Is And I pose this question to Robert Kraft. If you're sitting there at three and you want Jaden Daniels and they want to trade down, are you going to overrule that? And he point blank answered that we hire people, empower them, and if the results aren't good enough, we make a change. And I think that's always the way it's been. I think that there's a perception that they bigfoot decisions that has been said over the years, beginning with Tabucky Jones in 1998, extending through the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation, right now through Mac Jones, etc. I think they let their preferences in at times be known certainly with Tom Brady and let's not trade him bill but they're not making final decisions my question is when you when you say they want to trade down are are we talking about a combination uh, to what you know right now or what you've heard right now a not- combination of macro and elliot like I, I i guess i'm not even clear on who's going to be in the room on draft night at this point right and that's To me, when he speaks about looking outside the organization, nobody's clear on it, and they're not either. And I think that they kind of alluded to that. We are not against going outside the organization to look at candidates as well. So they don't know who's going to have the final say at this juncture. But again, it's January 17th or 18th. And they are saying that they're embarking on a search. If they land on the same people, is Matt Groh even still here? Does Matt Groh go wherever Bill Belichick lands? So it is TBD. There's a, there's a ton TBD. And we got very little cleared up football-wise on Wednesday, no doubt. Gerard Mayo uh, yesterday, I believe, with Reese was saying that uh, the the third overall pick is going to be a pick that they make at a position that they really need, and it sort of seemed like it was almost an open secret. Is that some kind of open secret we're not privy to, Tom? And if so, who are they picking? <laughs> I'm not privy to it either. I don't know if he is. 
I mean, I think it was to Steve Burton, Burton at least the one that I saw. He was saying, we're going to take somebody at a very, very important position. So is that some radical transparency that Gerard has talked about in the past that he likes to engage in? And if it is, is that strategically prudent? I don't know. And I don't know who the pick is going to be at this juncture either. I don't know if he was just being glib or... You know, he knows who he's going to select, but he certainly, I mean, when we look at the landscape, I understand the question, but they don't even know who the GM is right now. They don't know who the decision makers are. If he's giving a, a glib off the cuff answer to something, I don't know if you hold him to it necessarily until maybe a little later. What's the role of Robin Glazer? I know I know Phil Perry has reported on this and, and discussed it on the Patriots Talk podcast, but for, for those who, who may not know, what is the role and how involved will it be in, you know, day-to-day football personnel? I think she'd have zero to do with personnel in terms of, like, looking at players and saying this guy can't play. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, she has a similar title to Matt Patricia. So is that is that not, is she not going to be as involved as Matt Patricia? Because the title seems to match. Uh, One would think that she would not be. I mean, I saw an interview, a quote from her, in which she said, if I could watch Project Runway or a football game, I would have chosen Project Runway. And that was some time back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you changed on that. Yeah, I think that was so when it was purely think... Heidi Klum. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think that she's in any way going to be involved in football decisions. There are She has done legal stuff in the past. She's done contracts. She helps um, with things like the social justice initiative and how the money is dispersed. So, to me, that's until we know, we don't know. But my inclination would be Robin Glazer will have zero to do with selecting players or advising on football matters. So you haven't heard the the, the rumor, if you will, that Wickersham wrote about, uh, you know, that they're off to the side. Uh, they're asking why Bill is making certain decisions. Uh, the inference there is no, that I read it in the article. No, but I'm I saying, mean, I, re- but, I read it in the article. I understand, but you haven't you haven't heard what what Wickersham heard that they're they're going to split football ops, Kraft and, and Glazer. No, I didn't hear that rumor. And the phrasing of the rumor in Wickersham's story, I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was phrased as a rumor within the building. Word leaked around the office. People. Right, right. So word leaked around the office. I mean, it. I don't know if I would plant my flag on Robin Glazer and Jonathan Kraft being in charge of scouting and selecting players or big footing the operation based upon that reporting. So, Tom, I'm wondering, just, just because your colleague, Phil Perry, uh, was the one who... I wouldn't even say like broke this story yesterday, but he was the first one who had it out there that her title changed. Do you, can you share a reason why there seemed to be, there was a title change that was brought to light right after the press conference happened? If it, if it sounds like she's doing mostly what she's been doing. Yeah, I think she was, I know she was at the press conference and I think that she and Phil were talking and she mentioned that she had had a title change. So Phil reported it. So, I mean, when you put, though, assistant to the head coach, one million percent, it's going to set off alarms, especially given the narrative around the crafts and the notion that they have been in the past meddling owners and pushed away from the table when Bill Belichick came. And then clearly the landscape now is 
the Crafts wanted Bill Belichick removed from the operation, plucked out basically by his lapels, and into the void, what happens? So when you see assistant to the head coach and Robin Glazer's name next to it, it is absolutely reasonable to say, well, what in God's name is she doing there? And if she does not have a football background, I don't blame anyone for having questions about it. From everything I've gathered, including what Robert Kraft said yesterday, including conversations I've had with ownership over the years, they don't want any part of making decisions on players. They pay those people a crap ton of money, and those people put a crap ton of time into it. Now, are we going to find out in our reporting and observing the team that these decisions are being made? If we do, we'll let you know, no doubt. But I don't think that that is their inclination. I just base it on what they're saying in public and in private. So I guarantee if that's the case, I'd be wide-eyed, but I don't think the story's going away anytime soon. Tom, are you surprised by the relative smallness of the Bill Belichick market right now? And how do you think the uh, Belichick to Atlanta uh, regime is going to go if he ends up going there? I initially thought that it would be difficult for him to find a lot of owners who would be beating down his door. I mean, if you look at the six different locations that had opportunities, Chargers, Raiders, Commanders, um, possibly the Cowboys, the Eagles, Patriots lost to each of them. And I'm, I'm missing somebody else in there, too. But they lost to all those teams. They lost 38-3 to to Dallas. So I looked and said, it's a 73-year-old coach who doesn't draft well, who costs a lot of money, and is going to come in and have a culture that a lot of players are not accustomed to. How big will his market be? Now, since then, I think we all presumed it would be larger than it has really materialized. Is that because Atlanta is seen as a front-runner? and people are backing off, or is it because people aren't interested in in Bill as a head coach? We may never know the real truth to that, but I I always wondered how hot the market would be for Bill as a head coach because of his recent history with draft and free agency and because of the cost and the fact you have to give him the keys. I'm curious about something you said earlier in the week, and just one more before we let you go, or maybe it was even late last week. You floated the idea that maybe Bill could do a year on TV. Um is that is that something that's making the rounds? Is that is that just you spitballing? Like I was just curious. Do you think that's a realistic option that's in play for Bill? That was me spitballing. I haven't seen any of the rounds. I usually pass on the rounds, but uh, <laughs> that to me makes a lot of sense. He doesn't like it in Atlanta, but the Atlanta situation actually that Christian asked about it's it's actually pretty good because they're picking eight. They were seven and ten. Five of those games were by five points or less, the losses. You have a tight end in Pitts. You have a dual-threat running back who's excellent in Robinson. You have um, another complementary running back. you got a wide receiver in London. You have a high-level offensive lineman in Lindstrom. So, and you have a ton of opportunity to shave cap space by releasing guys like Jonu or Tyler, Taylor Heineke. So it is a good fit. In many ways, while it's not the most, you know, cosmopolitan place for him to land in terms of the NFL's landscape, it's not a bad spot for him. But to me, if that falls through, why not TV? Take the beat, figure it out, see what you want to do, see what the best landing spot is if you're not sure that Atlanta is that best landing spot, and then make a move going forward. But I, it really feels like the Atlanta thing, just really based on the Mike Lombardi comments last week as well, is something that was 
kind of in the cards and building. All right, well, he's Tommy Curran. Excellent work, as always. Check him out, NBC Sports Boston. Uh, You can listen to the Patriots Talk podcast, Quick Slants, and, of course, here every Thursday on WEEI. Tom, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tommy. Tommy Curran, as all our guests, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. He is brought to you by Wise Snacks. No one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks.